0: Glad you're here. I do have, uh, I w- I have an announcement I'd like to begin with this morning. Uh, just kind of want to let everybody know about uh, something. Uh, it's fact, here uh, in the house, uh, Bluffton community and our online campus. So just kind of want to let everybody know and uh, make sure everybody's kind of on the same page together. Um, so this is the announcement. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> We like to leave people on cliffhangers, you know how it is. We'll see you next Sunday. Um, <laughs> but here's, here's my announcement. <clears throat> Cats are the worst, all right? <laughs> you need to know that. <laughs> they are the absolute worst. One in particular. Uh, we have a cat, her name is Cammie. And uh, long story short, she likes going outside now. And she's an indoor cat, and I came home from a meeting late Thursday night, and at some point when I opened the front door, she ran out, and I never saw her, and, uh, and was out. So then the next morning, I get up, and I let the dog out uh, in the backyard, and I can hear, like, this crying. And uh, it almost sounds like a kid, but it's not really, and it's faint, and, and so I'm kind of looking around, me and Cooper are both like, what in the world is that? And uh, so I keep hearing it, and I look up, and about 15 feet up in a pine tree uh, is Cammy, yeah. They're the worst. And uh, she's just crying because she can't get down, right? She's stuck up there. So I did what any dad would do. I went back to bed. And uh, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I I climbed up the tree and uh, and I get up to her and I didn't know what else to do. So I just grabbed her by, you know, like the nape of, of her neck because I don't have any other choice. So I grab her. Uh, the only thing is, she wouldn't let go of the tree, right? Like, you'd be surprised how strong cats are at 15 feet in the air. Like, they are really strong. So I'm, like, you know, trying to pull her off. She's like Velcro on this thing. I'm, like, whispering threats. I'm gonna make you into a hat if you do not let go of this, you know? And so, uh, like, she just wouldn't let go. And, uh, you know, what's what's amazing is, like, she just she didn't realize that the only way that she was going to safely get down from the tree is if she would let go and and literally just surrender to the plan that I had for her to get her down out of the tree. But she just held on, right? Surrender. I want you to look at the person next to you and just say the word surrender. Okay, good. Now look at the other person that's on the other side that you didn't choose and say... (laughs) I'm sorry I didn't choose you first. <laughs> okay? <laughs> but surrender, right? Like, in our culture, it's this four-letter word, right? It's bad, it's evil, um, it's not good. Uh, what we do is we, we love stories of, like, people and teams who refuse to surrender to the odds, right? They are not giving up, they are not letting down, nothing like that. You know, you think of uh, the 1980s U.S. men's hockey team, right? They refused to surrender to the stronger, bigger, more technically advanced Russia, uh, Soviet Union team, and so we have the movie Miracle, right? We love watching. Watching, uh, movies like that um, the the 300 Spartans who were holding off over hundred thousand Persians at the b- Battle of Thermopylae right they refused to surrender uh, 13 disorganized colonies refusing to surrender to the world superpower right like 250 years ago um, and so we, we, we are drawn to these stories of people refusing to surrender right So the question then becomes, what do we do when our our love for the battle, our love for the fight, our love for never giving up, even in the face of overwhelming odds, right? refusing to surrender, what do we do when that love comes face-to-face with the truth that the only way you find freedom, like real freedom, true freedom, eternal freedom, is actually through surrender. What do you do when those two things come face-to-face and collide with one another, all right? Because you might be going, wait a second, surrender through, like, and that gets you to freedom? No way, man. You're crazy. You don't surrender and then get freedom. Freedom. What I want you to do, uh, as uh, Matt had or, uh, Josh had mentioned already, if you'll turn to Colossians chapter three, we're actually going to go to two passages in the New Testament, so one's Colossians three, the other one's Philippians two. So if you kind of want to get both of those ready we'll we'll be about between those this morning, but Colossians three and Philippians two, those are both in the New Testament, kind of towards the back um, but uh, while you're going there, uh, finding Colossians three and Philippians two, I just want to take a moment. Want to welcome everybody here at Lighthouse. I want to welcome uh, our crew at Bluffton Community. Thanks for joining us today. And then our online campus. Uh, we're really glad that you are a part of the family today. And so we're going to look uh, here in the Bible and what does the Scripture have to say about surrender and freedom? And so Colossians chapter three, seventeen, verse seventeen is where we're going to begin today. And uh, let's do this. Uh, that verse is going to be on the screen behind me. And let's actually just go ahead and read this verse out loud together, beginning with, and whatever you do. Are you ready? Go. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Now, you might be wondering, what in the world does this passage have to do with surrender and freedom? I don't see how that is in here or tied in quite much at all. What does this mean? What does this look like? I don't see where you're going. Actually, what's happening, this passage describes freedom really, really well. And it points to freedom through surrender, if you look at it and you think about it, right? That, that what is happening here, what's being exposed in this passage, is that real freedom is living every single day as a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the outflow of that is this overwhelming joy, this this thanksgiving, this, this grateful heart that just flows out of who we are. And so we literally we're living under Jesus' leadership. And so what's happened here is this passage is exposing real freedom. And that the only way you get to this place of freedom, this place where you're set free, is when you surrender to the Lord Jesus. Right? That, those words are used really explicit here, right? The Lord Jesus. And I know that word Lord for you and I, right, can be removed a little bit because we don't, we don't really have lords today, right? The closest thing we have to it, if you, like, rent your apartment or your house, you have a landlord, uh, right? But that's, like, got all weird kind of, you know, it's not really what the Bible's talking about, uh, you know, with uh, with landlords. So I think a lot of times when we hear... The word Lord, or you know, the words Lord Jesus, we don't really understand it the way that it's intended to be understood, in the way that the Bible means it. And so, when the Bible refers to Jesus as Lord, that's very different than from like a president. Okay, uh, when the Bible refers to Jesus as Lord, that's different from the CEO of a company. When the Bible refers to Lord that is really different than like a coach uh, of a team, right? So I think we, we tend to think in just kind of general terms of leadership when we think of this word Lord, but it's so much more than that, right? Because uh, a president can be impeached, and then you get a new one, right? Or you just elect a new one. Uh, a CEO can be fired and, and replaced by someone else. You know, the coach, even in real time, he's yelling out instructions to you on the field, and if you want to listen to him, you can. If you don't want to, you just ignore him and go, sorry, coach, didn't hear you, you know, you take off and you do whatever you want. And so, you know, when we think of president, CEO, right, coach, it's like, yeah, this leadership, but there's a level where it stops. But when we're talking about Lord. When we're talking about the Lord Jesus. That's different. And so maybe to kind of help us understand this concept of Lord a little bit more, um, I want you to flip over now to Philippians chapter 2 right? And so uh, we're going to look at this concept of Lord. I feel like uh, what happens in Philippians is we get a better idea of what's being said and what's being communicated about this role of Lord. So if you're looking at Philippians 2... I want you to look at verses 9 through 11. And let's do this. Uh, let, we've already read one passage. Let's go ahead and read this passage out loud together as well, starting with Therefore, God has. Um, are you ready? Go. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. In heaven and on the Earth and under the Earth, and every tongue confessed that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. You got that closing phrase on the end, right? To the, to the praise, to the thanksgiving of the Father, to the glory of the Father. I love that. But what's happening here is in this passage, Jesus is again being declared as Lord. He's being declared as Lord. And I want you to look, at a, look for a moment, just in this passage, what all is wrapped up in being Lord, right? What, what is a part of this? And so if you look at the passage right from the beginning, it says that God has exalted Jesus, right? That Jesus has been exalted. Do you know what it means to exalt somebody? Again, I think that's a word that we don't use too often in our time and our culture, and so this idea of exalting is literally to lift someone up higher than everyone else, right? That's, that's the basis meaning of exalt. It's to lift someone else up. You elevate them in honor. You lift them up. You praise them. You celebrate them as greater than others, And what's happened in this passage, it says that God has exalted Jesus and he's bestowed on him the name that is above every other name. And so since Jesus has been lifted up, he's been exalted higher than anyone, and he's been given the name that goes above every other name, then the question becomes this, then who is above Jesus? Nobody. There's no one who's above Jesus, right? Because he's exalted. He has the name that's above and over every other name. No one's above Jesus. Here's the other question. It might seem obvious, but it's worth asking and answering. Who's below Jesus? Everyone, right? Let that sink in for a moment. Who's above Jesus? Nobody. Who's under Jesus? Everybody. All right? That's a really important concept to grasp here out of this passage. So this means, here's what, here's what this passage is saying, in, in really just kind of beautiful language. This passage is saying, Jesus is God. Jesus is God. He's the Lord. And everyone else is under Jesus and he's God and and everything that comes with that and is wrapped up in that. And so Jesus is the Lord. And so Jesus is the same Lord God who created the heavens and earth by speaking them into existence. Jesus is the same Lord God who sustains and holds the universe. Right? From like keeping it from just exploding into atomic chaos. Jesus is the same Lord God who formed man out of the dust of the ground and then breathed life into him. Right? Jesus is the same Lord God who freed the nation of Israel from slavery and bondage out of Egypt. Right? Jesus is the same Lord God who has entered into our dark world and lived an absolutely perfect life under the leadership of the Father, died a perfect death in our place, and has been raised in a perfect resurrection so that we can have hope, even in our own lives, right? Jesus is the Lord God who has been exalted highly and been given the name above every other name so that no one is above him and everyone else is under him. This is what Philippians is saying. See, this is what's wrapped up in this concept of Lord. By the way, here's what's really interesting. Philippians 2, it's not like entirely original to, to Philippians. Actually, what's happened here, Paul, the Apostle Paul who wrote the letter to the Philippians, uh, he's borrowing a little bit from what God has actually already said in the Old Testament. Uh, if you look at Isaiah, you don't have to go there right now, but if you write down Isaiah chapter 45, verse 23, uh, we have it on the screen here for you to look at. But this is God speaking, and what God says is this. He says, By myself I have sworn. From my mouth has gone out in righteousness a word that shall not return. Listen what it says To me every knee shall bow and every tongue shall swear allegiance. Does that sound a little bit like another one we just read? Yeah. And so what's being said here, right, is Jesus is God, He's the Lord God. No one's above him. Everyone else is under him. And so since Jesus has been exalted above everyone and he's given the name that's above every other name and everyone else is under his lordship and his leadership, the question then becomes this exaltation, right? This name above every name requires a response. It requires a response actually from everybody. Everybody has to respond to this truth that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is exalted, that Jesus has a name above every other name, and we all have to respond to that. And this is the response. By the way, the response is going to be the same for everybody. The response in Philippians says this that everybody at one point is going to bow before Jesus, and everyone is going to confess Jesus as the Lord. That's going to happen. Every single person at some point is actually going to bow before Jesus and they're going to confess that he is Lord. See, the last time Jesus came to earth, the last time he came to earth, he kind of came in this really low, humble form, right? Comes as like this cute little seven pound, eight ounce, cute baby Jesus, right? Like, you know... Doesn't even know a word yet. And uh, so there he is. He's, he's lying there, and he's so cute, and of unassuming, and he's got, you know, Mom, Mary, and Carpenter, Joseph, and, and almost the whole world doesn't even catch what's going on here. And when Jesus comes, you know, uh, is it, born as a baby. Nobody really knows what's going on here. So he comes in really unassuming, this infant, almost born in secret, right? Almost as flyby. nobody catches it. That's the last time. But the next time... The next time Jesus comes to earth, he's going to come revealed in all of his glory. He's going to enter in, not unassuming, not like under the radar, not quietly, but actually with trumpets and fanfare and celebration and power and glory and thunderous applause and excitement and almost like this, ah, you know, like, what is going on here? And he is going to return as Lord. Lord Jesus, coming back to his creation. And he's going to return so powerfully that absolutely everybody will bow before him in humility. Absolutely everyone will confess. By the way, that word confess here in Philippians, you know what actually it's referring to? It means agree. That everybody's going to agree. Everybody's going to come into agreement that Jesus Christ is the Lord. When he returns, every knee is going to bow, and every tongue is going to agree together that Jesus Christ really is the Lord. That's what's gonna happen. Everyone, everyone, everyone is going to respond to Jesus. Literally, everyone in this room one day is going to bow before Jesus and confess him as Lord. Everybody at Bluffton Community, right? I know this is your first Sunday at the center, and we are super excited that you guys are meeting there for the first time, and every single person in the center at Bluffton Community is going to bow before Jesus and confess him as Lord one day. Everybody in our online campus one day is going to bow before Jesus and confess him as Lord. Every single person who has ever lived, no matter where they are, one day, is going to bow in humility and confess in agreement that Jesus Christ really is Lord. It's going to happen. That's what what Philippians is saying. It's going to take place. And what's going to happen is those who have put their trust in Jesus Christ, those who have found the joy of following, of surrendering to Jesus, they're going to bow in humility and worship him in joy from heaven. That's what's going to happen. And then there's going to be a group of people who refused to surrender. And they too will bow, and they will confess Jesus as Lord, but they will do it in sorrow and regret in a place of eternal separation. That's the hard edge of the gospel. You got got to know that. right? Everybody, everybody at one point is going to bow and agree that Jesus is Lord. And in everything I study from the scriptures and everything I know personally about who God is and his character and the son and the spirit, let me tell you this, it is so much better to make the decision now in joy and in love and out of response to his goodness that he's Lord, and confess uh, that he is the Lord, as opposed to doing that in another way. So I would just say this, man, if you're here this morning, if you're at Bluffton, if you're online, and you haven't come to the place where you have said yes to Jesus and surrendered to him, like, what's stopping you? What's stopping you? Take that next step. Like, don't hold back just say yes and and see what God will do, right? If you sense the Holy Spirit inviting you to do that, say yes, it's awesome, like it is really good. The water is fine, come on in, right? It's like a great, it's great to walk with the Lord. It's really good. And so, man, whatever's stopping you, Man, I would encourage, if you sense God inviting you, push past that, and by faith, trust Jesus. Because right, this is what it means. When we're talking about this idea of Lord, this idea of submitting, this idea of bowing in humility, this idea of confessing Jesus as Lord, this is what it means for Jesus to be Lord. Because Jesus is Lord God over all. And freedom, real freedom, legitimate freedom, eternal freedom that's unending, actually only comes, and it's only found, through surrendering to Jesus. There's no other way, there's no other way. Other than that, you're still trapped, right? And so this is exactly why we're always talking about, we use this phrase, right? We say yes to Jesus. Uh, we, we, we use that language a lot around here at Lighthouse Community. We say yes to Jesus. Uh, so we give out bracelets. You can pick these up at the Connection Center, uh, $45 a piece. really affordable. Uh, you know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, they're free. Just grab as many as you want. Um, but, you know, on these bracelets, they say, we say yes to Jesus. And it's just this constant reminder that he's the Lord, and I'm not, Right? And so, when we talk about that as a church, we want to be a church family who says yes to Jesus' leadership in our life. Because saying yes to Him as Lord, saying yes to Him as the leader, is actually the most freeing decision you can ever make in your life. It's, I know it sounds counterintuitive, but it really is. Surrender is a gift, right? Colossians thirteen, or excuse me, Colossians three seventeen is referring to this when it says, "Do everything, do everything as a representative to the Lord Jesus." Do everything, everything you say, everything you do, everything under the leadership of the Lord Jesus. And I know for some of you this morning, right, here in the house at Bluffton Online, you're like hearing this idea of surrender, and it's like nails on a chalkboard, right? It's like chafing against the very fabric of your being. And every time the word surrender, you're like, you hear it, you're like, oh, oh, surrender, right? Because like surrender is bad. Surrender makes no sense. Weak, weak people surrender. Strong people don't surrender. Weak people surrender. And if you're not a believer, right, if you haven't put your trust in Jesus, then surrender sounds like you're losing. If I surrender, then I'm losing. But what's amazing is to those who have discovered the joy of following King Jesus, We recognize that surrender is one of the most amazing gifts we've been given. It's this beautiful gift he's given to us. And we're actually drawn to surrender. Why? Why are we drawn to surrender? Because he's the Lord. No one's more exalted than him. No one's higher than him. I don't want to serve some lackey. I don't want to, you know, somebody who doesn't have capacity to do what he actually claims. I want to serve like, I want to serve the the guy, the one who's exalted, the name above all names. We're drawn to him because there's no one more powerful than Jesus. We're drawn to him because there's no one more good than Jesus. We're drawn to him because there's no one more holy than Jesus, right? We're drawn to him because when we say yes to Jesus, when we surrender to Lord Jesus, we're surrendering to goodness. You got to know that. You're, You're surrendering to goodness, you're surrendering to blessing. You're surrendering to joy. You're surrendering to being transformed, right, in your life. And, and that's exactly what happens when, when people begin saying yes to Jesus Christ. There's a remarkable changes that begin to happen in their lives, right? Uh, changes like this. Uh, people come to genuine faith in Jesus Christ. When people say yes to Jesus, they actually begin trusting him by faith. And and, and I'm talking, right, this isn't the same thing as like... Um, you know, reciting a prayer, and, and so you check that box and you're good to go, or I'm at church every weekend, and so that means, you know, no, no I'm talking about actually being supernaturally born again by the Holy Spirit because God has done a work in you. That's, that's what genuine faith really begins to look at, and he begins to transform our lives, that literally people who were spiritually dead in their sin have now been brought to life in Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible talks about when we're talking about genuine faith. Now, here's this cool thing. Let me just let you know this. Literally, just in 2021, right here through Lighthouse, um, and I'm sure there's others like in Hancock County we just don't know about yet, but we know of 35 people who have said yes to Jesus just over the last six months. Like, isn't that good? Yeah! That's like good stuff. That's good stuff. Like, people are saying yes. They're being drawn to him. And actually, here's the cool thing. One of them was just last Sunday. So, it's so literally like God is still changing lives as he's doing all that. Because when people say yes, right, they're born again. They're, they're like, there's genuine faith begins to bubble out of who they are. When, when you say yes to Jesus Christ, what happens is you and I begin to develop this desire to hear God's voice. And we learn how to do that through the Bible, uh, through prayer, and through other growing disciples. And so, if you were here last week, or maybe you catched it online, or catched it, yes, uh, I hang around my kids way too much. Uh, <laughs> Uh, if you caught it, (laughs) if you caught it online uh, later uh, when we wrapped up Supernatural, we taught about how how do I clearly learn to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit? And so we walked through that. Um, And here's what's really cool. Um, Between both our services and online, we know of 80 people who were like, yeah, I want to learn. I'm going to spend at least 15 minutes every single day Uh, hearing the voice of God through Scripture and through prayer and through other growing disciples. And let me say that that's normal. It's normal to want to know God more and more through the Scriptures. It's normal to want to know God through prayer, through community, all of that. And so when you say yes to Jesus, you have a desire to hear God's voice and trust him in that. When you say yes to Jesus, what happens is God's grace actually begins to overwhelm you. You, you, when you begin to recognize that Christ has done all the work on your behalf, what happens is you start throwing down all of these attempts at like paying God back. Because like, how are you going to pay back God for the life of the Son? What, do you get, like, what are you going to do? Well, like Your money? Are you going to give God your, your house? Like, what are you going to give God to, in return for the value of the Son of God? There's nothing, and so you just, you accept. When you learn to enjoy the grace that, that God has provided through Christ, it's amazing. And it's it's what's really cool is uh, when we, there's when people start kind of coming to Lighthouse, we have, uh, you know, some people are coming from, they don't like know anything about Jesus, and then they start discovering about who God is here. Uh, then we have some people who like were a part of a church for a long time, uh, in, in you know, uh, for a long part of their life, and they come here, and we'll hear this uh, quite often. They'll say, you know, um, Things like, but before I came to Lighthouse, I spent my whole life in the church and I followed all the rules and I tried really, really hard at being good and I tried to check all the boxes and and I did what I saw everybody else doing. And um, it started to be like, weigh me down. And it started to wear me out. And I just, I gave up because I can't keep up. I can't do it. I can't, I don't have it in me. I just got tired. And then they'll say something like this. And then God led me here. And he is teaching me. And I'm discovering through the Holy Spirit, through Scripture, what the grace of God really is and what it means. And, it's tra- and he's transforming me. He's changing my life. And I'm starting to see from the Bible that Jesus has literally done all the work. There's no more work to be done. And so there's nothing I can do to be accepted except say yes to what he's done. And, and I'm not trying to change my own life so that I'll be accepted by God now and let him like, prove that I'm worthy to be loved. But now, my life is being changed and transformed because I know I've been accepted through Jesus Christ. Right? That comes up so often in conversations. Because when we're together, we, just, we try to expose the scriptures with clarity to say, man, it's like Christ has done it. What, what are you going to do that's going to match up, that's going to compare to who Christ is and what he's accomplished on your behalf? You really think you're going to add something to it? No. you add nothing. Even your good works, right? They're, they're filthy rags. They're junk. And so you learn to enjoy the grace. And it's humbling. It's humbling to enjoy the grace that God's given. But when you start to do that, He changes you. He transforms you, right? Your thinking, your heart, your actions, your words, it all begins to happen. And there's sometimes, to a degree, you don't even understand why. I don't know why. I should be freaking out about this situation, and yet I'm overwhelmed with peace. I've had somebody say that to me. They go, why do you think that is? I'm like, "Mm, I don't know. (laughs) Why do you think it is? You know, It's like perhaps the Holy Spirit is doing a transforming work in your life because now you're learning to trust the Lord Jesus. But God's grace will change you. When you say yes to Jesus, you start taking real steps of growth in your life, right? You'll begin praying for other people. You'll start asking questions about like fasting, how to read and study the Bible. Like, how do I do that? What does that look like? Um, you start actually like giving away forgiveness to people who hurt you deeply. You just feel drawn to it. You don't even understand why. I, I want to forgive them. You shouldn't. Why are you doing that? I don't know. God, just, he's leading me to Scriptures tell me to. People start joining small groups and, and they build meaningful friendships with other people and they're like investing in one another's lives. Um, they start taking like the step of baptism and, and serving, right? Like that's, that's all normal in the life of a believer. It's normal to take next steps. By the way, I just want to throw this out. If if you recently came to faith or you're a believer and you haven't taken the step of baptism yet, I would encourage you, on the back of your connection card, there's a next step there that just simply says, hey, I think I'm interested in being baptized on July 18th or July 25th. So we're doing it two times uh, this month. Um, So uh, you can just check that right there on the back of your card, and we'll get you information about it. So right, baptism is like the best first step for every uh person who has genuinely said yes to jesus christ as their forgiver and their leader so if you want to take that step take that it's normal it is normal for believers to take steps of growth like baptism by the way just already this year at this location uh 14 people have been baptized and i think between all three locations bluffton lighthouse and heatherwood i think it's somewhere it's like north of 50 people uh have just been baptized uh within like the last eight or nine months um it's like amazing so god is doing like really great stuff here uh in Hancock County, through our church families. But you know you start taking steps of growth. When you say yes to Jesus, what begins to happen is you, you discover your spiritual gifts, and you start using them to serve other people. Right? God actually empowers every single disciple with his Holy Spirit to serve other people. And it's one of the reasons here at Lighthouse, we have really, really easy on-ramps to engage in the ministry. Right, it's like super easy to be a part of it. Uh, some of you guys have backgrounds. You're like, oh yeah, I got the. You know, I remember when I started serving on a team at another place. You know, I had to like fill out this application and you know give my social security number. For some reason they took my credit card um, and you know like blood sample, um, all this stuff. And then I was able to greet at the front door. Uh, you know, I was like, and it's great. Uh, you know, and then here it's like sometimes you're like a second time guest. Sometimes you're a first time guest, and we see you like holding up a wall. And we're like, hey, hey, what are you doing right now? And I'm like, oh, nothing. Hey, would you help us? We we uh, we could really use somebody to help greet people at the front door. We've literally had first-time guests who are like, oh yeah, I guess I could do that. You know? And like the only screening is can you hold the door open before people get there? Um, and, and like, do you have all your teeth when you smile at them? Like that's about it, you know? And we lowered that because we're like, as long as you got 70% of your teeth, that's fine. You don't even have to have hundred. So, you know, it's like <laughs> but we just make it really, really easy to get plugged in and to be a part of ministry. And because of that, here's what's really Need, is like in our church family, over 50% of, of, of you, of this family, is engaged in ministry at least once a month. Over 50, over half, over half of our church family is serving in ministry at the very least once a month. Many are, are more often than that, right? Discovering and using gifts uh, in the kingdom. And so let me say this, you might go, wow, 50%, that's a lot. You must be full. You don't need any help. No, there's, here's the cool thing. There's still room, lots and lots of room for you. If you're not engaged yet, you can take that next step. Uh, social media, right? There's a whole team that we're like on the front end right now. You could be a part of that, right? There's room, greeting, tech, music, kids, all, all the things, right? So again, same thing, connection card. I would just encourage, this is a really practical thing you could do. Pull that card out, put your name and email address or your phone number on the front, and then check the back that says, uh, uh, you know, send me info about volunteering and ministry. Super easy, and you can get info on how to start discovering and using your gifts that God has given you, right? Because that's normal. That's normal when you start saying yes to Jesus. Here's one of the last things that becomes normal when you say yes to Jesus. You actually start joining God in his mission to rescue other people from sin and death. That becomes a normal thing. See, as people, we talk about what we're excited about. And so it's normal to talk about Jesus, right? Like when you know what he's done, when you understand how he's transforming you, when you recognize like everything he's done on our behalf, it becomes normal. to It just bubbles out, right? And so I don't know if you knew this, But I'll share this with you, right? Like scripturally, do you know that we, like you and I together, right, believers in this church, like all over Hancock County, all over the world, like believers together is God's plan A for sharing the gospel with the world. Did you know that? We're plan A. Do you know what plan B is? There is no plan B. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, you caught that. Well done. There's no plan B. Think about this. That's how much God trusts us. That's how much God wants us to be a part of His. Mission of sharing the gospel with other people. And so when you're a disciple, you start like engaging in all kinds of different ways to learn how to share the gospel, right? Like telling your own story, how you came to faith. Maybe you learn how to use the three circles. That's a tool we've been working through here lately. Uh, I got a f- personal favorite, the Cube. Uh That thing's really cool. I've been like training my kids on it and they've been using it and doing those types of things. Romans wrote, like there's all kinds of like these tools to share the gospel, but you start learning them and using them, right, for God's glory to share the gospel with other people. And so it's kind of neat. It's starting to become more and more normal for people here in our family to share the gospel uh, with people in Hancock County, right? Like one-on-one while they're working or they're shopping or they're, you know, out doing whatever it is. And then like once a month we get together and we just go into our city and we share the gospel. Um, and, it, and it's really cool. We get to pray with people. And I think, I mean, we've we've had just, it's I don't know it's like in a well over 100 now people we've prayed with um people we've shared the gospel with and then uh there's i don't know somewhere like 13 or 16 or whatever the number uh might be but uh of people who have said yes uh simply because we're just putting an opportunity in front of them there's no like you know twisting people's arm or weird sales gimmicks and techniques it's just like hey can we pray for you and it's like yeah and then god opens the door if he does we walk through it. If he doesn't, we don't, we don't force it, right? And so it's been really cool. But it, it becomes normal, right? The, all these things become normal. When you say yes to the Lordship of Christ, right, that you come to faith, you start learning to hear his voice, you take steps of growth, you enjoy his grace, right? Like, you just enjoy it. You discover and use your gifts, and you join God in the rescue. This is what living as a representative of Jesus Christ looks like. It's what freedom looks like, right? Freedom begins with surrendering to the Lord Jesus. And so I think the practical question, we're going to land here on this. How do I surrender? How do I surrender to King Jesus? That may be the biggest obstacle to get through right, to talk about the things we ever talked about, to agree with them, to high-five and clap over people coming to faith, and that, all that's good, and all that's right, and yet the biggest obstacle that every single one of us is going to have to navigate and ask for the faith and the power from the Holy Spirit to do this is, how do I surrender to Jesus? And if you look at Philippians, I believe it's this way, how do I surrender to King Jesus? It begins where it ends, bowing and confessing, right? How do I surrender to Jesus? It begins where it ends, bowing and confessing, all right? Here's a question. This is, not like, this is not like a guilt. This is just literally a, uh, a practical, logistical question. I'm just curious. I would ask it in my own life when I was preparing for this. So I'm going to ask you. You know the rule. If I got to deal with a question, you got to deal with a question. So here's a question. When's the last time that you have physically bowed before King Jesus? Like, when? when is the last time that you put your body in a position of surrender before King Jesus? Just, just think on that. Maybe for some of you, it was this morning. I don't, I don't know. It could, very well could have been. Maybe for others, it's been weeks, months, years. Never. When's the last time you bowed? Because what I'm talking about here is I'm talking about a posture of surrender, right? Positioning your body before, right? Because Philippians says every knee is going to bow. And I don't think that's a metaphorical use of that. I think it's a physical use. Every person's going to bow. Because I think many times what happens is when we bow physically before King Jesus, that also begins to match the desire of our heart. Physically bowing actually matches my desire that I want to Bow and surrender before Jesus all of the time. See, posturing and surrender, for some of you, that's like this whole new concept. You are know, like, I don't even know if I'm tracking with you right now. But posturing and surrender, it's why you see like some people in a, in a service, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong, I'm just saying this is just why. For some people, you're in a Sunday morning service, and it's why they're like have their hands raised, maybe during times of music. It's a sign of surrender. I surrender you, I praise you, I celebrate you, I exalt you, I lift you up. You are higher than anybody else. You have the name above every other name, right? It's a sign of surrender. It's why you see some people kneeling in prayer. It's a sign of surrender. It's why sometimes maybe people, uh, when they're praying privately or something like that, they'll actually, you know, Scripture talks about laying prostrate on the ground before the Lord face down. Right? It's a sign of humility. It's a sign of saying that the Lord Jesus Christ is king and I am not. And so these people are positioning themselves in surrender. They're positioning themselves in vulnerability. And they're declaring with their words and they're declaring with their actions that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. And so maybe this week, I mean, maybe even this morning, I don't know, uh, if you're able Maybe this week, you would bow before Jesus in times of prayer. You would bow before Jesus in times of worship, right? You would bow before Jesus in times of celebration because he's king. He's worthy of it. He deserves it. But bowing before him, that's one way I can surrender. The other one is to confess. I think to continually take time through the day and agree that Jesus Christ is Lord that Jesus Christ is king, that Jesus Christ is exalted above every name, that Jesus Christ has a name above every other name, and I don't have that name. He has that name. And I agree with him day after day, moment after moment, that he is king and I am not. And so tell him that you want his leadership instead of your own. And the moments when you recognize you're like taking leadership, right? I don't know if it happens to you, it happens to me. I'm like, I grab and I'm like, ah, You know, sorry, you know, should have done that. And you know what you do when that happens? You confess. Hey, Jesus, I noticed myself taking control again. It's yours. It's not mine. I'm sorry. And I agree that you're king and I'm not. You're king, Jesus. I'm not. And it's it's not a one-time thing, right? You don't like do it once in the summer of 1978 and then you live off of that for the rest of your life, right? No, what we're talking about is like every day, ongoing, consistently, constantly, right? Bowing, humbling, inviting the Holy Spirit to bend our will towards his. Intentionally placing ourselves under Jesus' leadership and saying yes. Constantly confessing that he's Lord, I'm not. Confessing when I sin and thanking him for the grace that already covers me. And so how do I surrender? I bow and confess. I humble and agree. I surrender because Jesus Christ is Lord. And so I want you to imagine for just a moment, imagine how your life would change living under the leadership of Jesus Christ. Like, imagine living in the joy of knowing that you have been rescued from sin and separation from God and that not even death has a hold over you. Like, the thing that everybody fears more than anything else is actually the point of ultimate freedom for you and for me. Imagine, like, actually hearing God's voice regularly through Scripture and through prayer, and through community. Hearing the Holy Spirit guide you in real time through some of the most challenging seasons you're ever going to face. And when you get the diagnosis about the illness, when you're told your job has less than 90 days, you get the final notice from the bank. When the setbacks and the disasters and the heartache show up, imagine your life and how that would be different knowing that you walk with the sovereign God over creation imagine surrendering your life to Jesus not like a loser in a battle but rather surrendering into the arms of the father as the favorite child right that'll change you that'll change your life see you have to catch this surrender isn't an evil word (laughs) surrender is not even a sign of weakness surrender to the Lord Jesus is where true freedom comes from and so here's what I want to encourage you to do let the tree go you can trust the hands of Jesus I want you to think about this. Jesus actually already hung on to the tree in our place. You don't have to, right? And he hung there so that you can enjoy freedom. Say yes to Jesus. I want to invite you to to bow your heads and close your eyes. We, We close every teaching with the same question and it's simply this. Jesus, what are you saying to me right now? And I want to give you an opportunity to listen to what he's saying to you. here at Lighthouse, we want to pray for you. And so what we're going to do is we're going to sing one more song. And if you want to pray and have somebody pray with you, I'm going to invite you to slip out of your seat in just a moment when we begin singing. Uh, we, We have leaders who are available actually in every corner of the room. So they're getting ready to make their way there right now. And so literally at all four corners here at the front, towards the exit doors and and then the sound booth as well. Uh, If you want to pray about any area of your life, uh, these people are ready to pray with you. And the reason you'll know who they are is they have these lanyards that literally say prayer team on them. And so um, they want to pray with you about any area of your life. And you don't ever have to be embarrassed to want prayer, right? Like every one of us needs prayer. It's normal to pray together. We do it all the time. And so if you want to pray about something in your life, you know, maybe there's something you're just not quite sure. What does God want me to do? How do I handle this? Maybe you're, maybe you're seeking encouragement. Maybe you're seeking wisdom. Maybe you're, seeking, maybe you're saying, man, I just, I, I'm, I'm praying for God to heal me. I'm praying for, you know, whatever it is. These people are ready to pray with you about any area of your life. And you can do that. And so in just a moment, um, I'm going to invite everybody to stand. And when we begin singing, is uh, that moment, just come. Don't wait. If there's somebody there, just come up and it's all right. There's a line and not a big deal. Uh, We will pray with you before the morning's over. We want to. Uh, We're excited to do that. So I'm going to ask you to do this here at Lighthouse. I'm going to ask everybody to stand. And I want to pray for you. And if you'd like to receive prayer, you can come forward in just a moment. Holy Spirit, I pray that you, And you alone would draw every single person who needs prayer right now in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Lighthouse Community, check out our website at mylighthousecommunity.com or connect with us on Facebook. You're invited to join us live Sunday mornings at 909 or 1111. Thanks again for listening to the Lighthouse Community Podcast.